Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the podcast, I am doing my tape breakdown for the Steelers-Packers preseason game, the Steelers' second preseason game. Not a fun one to go back and rewatch, not one that has aged well at all, not just as far as going back and rewatching it, but just among the Steelers fan base themselves, you know, considering not only that the fact that Pittsburgh has always had great defenses and the way this defense left off last year, right? Anytime the opposing team scores 51 points against the Pittsburgh Steelers, you can't help but be disgusted by it overall. And this was not a fun one to go back and rewatch. I do think some of the reaction to this game has turned into overreaction, right? I mean, we're still talking about a preseason football game, right? So the re- the results don't matter. And, you know, what you're looking for, what I'm looking for in a preseason game is individual performances, right? How did certain guys look, especially some of the new guys? How are they integrating into the defense? And you want to hope that they're getting better week over week as they, as they start to integrate into the team. Athleticism, especially with some of the guys from college to the NFL, is, is athleticism. Uh, is that is that athleticism translating into the NFL? Uh, and again, just you know, how cohesive is the unit overall? Uh, and again, in a game like this where the Steelers had six guys on defense that that were that saw significant time in this game that really probably won't see significant time. I should say there were six guys that will see sig- significant time in Week One that were not even playing tonight or were not starters tonight. Those being T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward. Uh, Mike Hilton, Joe Hayden, Sean Davis, and Javon Hargrave. Javon Hargrave played in this game, but with the second unit. We'll talk about that a little later. Uh, my concern, really, with this game, and when I hear the fan base talking, is you know kind of the value judgments that are being made on the whole, right? Value judgments about the defense as a whole, and saying the defense itself is going to be bad again in 2018. We didn't get any better, right? Um, you know, and, and, and like Navarro Bowman, us all of a sudden become this savior, and Lauren, you know, we should bring back Lawrence Timmons and all of that. And I get some of the disappointment with some of the individual players, right? I don't think Morgan Burnett has been great through two preseason games. I don't think John Bostic has been even close to great through two preseason games. And I think Terrell Edmonds had a poor game on Thursday. And those are, you know, three of the biggest additions that we made on defense. But it should be said, right? We are still only two preseason games into the process. We have not even played a regular season game yet. And everyone's, you know, ready to throw guys out and bring new guys in. Now, let's have a little bit of patience here. I, I get that, you know, it's hard to be patient with a football team that ended so poorly and has not has played two poor performances defensively. But again, I'm not looking for per- performances on the whole in this game. I know the Steelers defense as a whole was not good, but I'm looking for individual performances. And so let's talk about those today. Let's go through position by position and talk about uh, some of the players that we saw on Thursday. And let's start on the offensive side of the ball at quarterback, where things were better than they were defensively, but not great, especially for Mason Rudolph, who got a chance to start this game. You know, in first watching this game, it was like, all right, that was a poor performance from Mason. He had some nice throws, right? The Juju touchdown was nice. Just didn't look, didn't look comfortable. Rewatching it, oh boy, it was even worse the second time around. Uh, everything that he did that was successful was like was just short passes over the middle, easy throws. I mean, I guess the the one to Juju was into you know tight coverage a little bit, uh, and then he had one over the middle to Justin Hunter that was deep down the field. But everything else was just little dump offs, and uh, he just looked so frazzled in the pocket, unsure of where to go with the football. Really, what I was disappointed most in Mason Rudolph in this game is how much he let the pass rush get to him. Just didn't. I mean, not that he never felt comfortable in his reads. He didn't feel comfortable with the pocket around him, really, like, ever. 
Uh, and that caused, you know, whenever he had any guys draped around him, the ball just sailed on him. I mean, he had a couple of throws there, one to Jesse that should have been a completion, and one it looked like he threw it between, I think it was Tucker and maybe Hayward Bay, but or maybe it was James Washington over there. But again, you know, that should have been a completed pass, and instead an inaccurate throw that lands in the middle of nowhere. And then again for him, it was ball security issues. You know, and not and I'm not talking about the ball security on the first play when he just, you know, threw it to the defender. Now you can argue on that play, Hayward Bay kind of gave up on the play and maybe should have come back to the football a little bit. You know, whatever. I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about ball security issues in that fumbled snap. Uh, I'm talking about, you know, the one where he lost it. Um, it wasn't a fumble snap, but he kind of bobbled the snap, and then he had one where, where he lost it. Uh, yeah, man, I, this was this was the worst of Mason Rudolph we saw in camp, kind of all rolled into one, right? This was like every bad rep he had in camp all rolled into one game. This is a really, really bad performance from him. Um, yeah, going back and rewatching it, not, not – this tape was not kind to him in any way. He's got a, like I said yesterday, he's got a long, long, long way to go. Now, he landed in the right spot, right? I mean, you know, he's going to sit third behind Landry Jones. We can all forget about this idea that Landry Jones is going to be cut and, you know, he's not going to be the backup in 2018. Landry Jones, I mean, his spot, he didn't play it down on Thursday, and his spot has never been more secure on this football team than it is today after the performances of Mason Rudolph and Josh Dobbs. And I didn't think Josh Dobbs was bad. He wasn't great, but he's not. He's definitely not good enough to take over the backup spot. Uh, and so, you know, Dobbs' best bet at this point is that the Steelers keep him on the practice squad. Now, there was some good news at quarterback, and that was that Ben Roethlisberger returned to practice today. So his concussion worries are over. Uh, we had heard that on Thursday when Ben made the trip out to Green Bay. But again, glad to hear that it is official now. No concussion protocol back at practice, and we can put that scare behind us. At running back, I don't really have much more to say about James Conner than I said yesterday. I mean, it was a terrific performance from him running the football. Looks like, Again, like I said, looks like a different player. So slippery. What I what I loved most, again, was those guys kind of bouncing off of him or him bouncing off the guys and, and being strong through the tackle. Uh, he had a great performance. The other, the other running back I liked in this game was Jalen Samuels. I like to see him breaking tackles here and there, getting extra yards. We've still yet to see him do any real damage lined up out wide, and that, I think, is where we're all intrigued to see him. You know, at this point, he's been used out of the backfield as, as a receiver. He had some nice running yards in this game. But again, not really. he wasn't really an X-factor in this game. It wasn't like you know there were any kind of designed plays for him in any way that you wouldn't see a play designed for Toussaint or Ridley or Connor you know, or any of the other running backs on this team. So disappointing in that way. Maybe, maybe again, that's something that the Steelers are trying to save you know, for the regular season and hold close to the vest. But yeah, for Jalen Samuels, I'm not sure he's a roster lock at this point. Again, he had a very nice start to the camp, and it was interesting to see him used in other ways, but he hasn't been sensational in any way, and so I'm waiting for him to kind of have that breakout performance at some point this preseason. For the wide receivers, of course, it was James Washington being the standout, and his play in this game not only earned him you know, a bunch of praise in the city of Pittsburgh, but really around the NFL and into the national media uh, everyone taking a look at the next great Steeler wide receiver, which seems to happen on a yearly basis. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of people finding out about James Washington based on Thursday's performance, which is unfortunate for us Steeler fans who were hoping, you know, we could get James Washington late in a fantasy draft. Uh, doesn't seem like that's going to be the case anymore. The secret is out. But look, this is a guy who, number one, definitely earned his spot as the outside receiver. Uh, I would put him on the Antonio Brown juju plan and just get him a couple reps every game, but then get him out of there and make sure he doesn't get hurt because he will definitely be the starter. He should definitely be the starter week one. Um, 
you know, what's what's been so incredible for me, and I, I look, I, I know I've said this before, but it, it bears repeating. You know, some of the young guys on this team, a lot of the young guys on this team, have gone through their ups and downs throughout training camp, throughout the preseason, right? We've seen some very nice camps or some very nice practices from Mason Rudolph, some really nice reps, some really nice drills. He ended Tuesday with a very nice drill. But then, you know, again, he's had performances like he's had against the Packers, and he's had those in practice as well. We had our we had our moment with Terrell Edmonds early on where he looked like he could be a star, and um, you know he's certainly gone through you know the downslope of that now as he had a poor game against Green Bay. Jalen Samuels, there was an early part there where it was very intriguing what he brought to the offense. And again, you know, you start to now, all right, you know, let's see him do this against some better opponents. Let's see him, you know, let's see what his athleticism looks like against uh, against real defenses out there. So each of those guys kind of had ups, kind of had downs, right? And we're, you know, we're still evaluating just exactly what we have in those players. For James Washington, it's, it's you know, it's, it's not been that, right? It's been a consistent upward trend from him. Early on in camp, the Steelers were trying to get him all the plays you're seeing him make now, right? The plays he made against Philadelphia, the plays he made against Green Bay. Those are plays that the Steelers were trying to get him early in camp, and he wasn't able to make those plays. Those combat catches just weren't coming down from him. But as as camp went on, as practices went on, and we got in, you know, we got closer and closer to that game against Philly, it just for him, it just kept getting better and better. And he kept getting better in those situations to where we are now, which is Anytime the ball is remotely catchable for James Washington, he's bringing it down. It is it is so incredible to watch. And again, you know, it, it's not like there's a flash here and there, and then he has a drop, or he has you know he has a mental mistake or anything like that. We haven't seen that from James Washington yet. It has just been a a consistent upward trajectory from him. Now you could the argument you could make, uh, you know, in in uh, against James Washington would be to say. Look, he's only really done this in the second half of preseason games, going up against second and third string uh, secondaries, and, and and that is true, right? So maybe when he goes up against better corners, starting corners in this league, he's going to struggle a little bit in that area. But there's no doubt about it; he is he is better right now. Regardless, uh, you know, he's he's a better receiver than Justin Hunter is. He's a better receiver than Darius Hayward Bates. He's a better option on the outside than anything else the Steelers have. Uh, and that's exciting. Right? I mean, that that is exciting because what he brings at that position, as far as being, a, you know, the catch radius and the deep threat, it's exactly what the Steelers needed. It's exactly what the Steelers hoped they were going to get from Martavis Bryant. Now, James Washington, not the big receiver that Martavis Bryant can be, but he brings to the table some of the things that Martavis brought, as far as being a deep threat, and then again being a consistent pass catcher uh, in the red zone. Right? I mean, again, that that. Those are things the Steelers needed from this outside receiver position. And so far, through two preseason games, it still it feels like the Steelers hit a home run with James Washington, which, again, not surprising because this is what they do with wide receivers. But still, great to see. And then the other wide receiver in this game that I was that I was impressed with was Trey Griffey. And not overly impressed with Trey Griffey, but he's still making that case for being on the practice squad. I don't think there's a spot for him on the 53. Uh, you know, you look at guys like Damone Patterson still making a name for themselves and still making their case to be on the 53. And then you kind of look at where the Steelers are at wide receiver and, you know, who, how many are they going to keep, five or six, and who are they going to keep, right? Does Darius Hayward Bay, is he fighting for a roster spot? You got to feel like Justin Hunter is definitely fighting for a roster spot considering how well James Washington is playing, how well Damone Patterson is playing. Um, you know, Marcus Tucker looks good in special teams, so that's going to probably give him the inside track to a roster spot. I don't think Trey Griffey has any chance to make the 53, but he could definitely make a case for practice squad. And he was doing, he did that on Thursday. 
Not much going on at tight end. Uh, again, it was a quiet night for most of them. Jesse James had a couple nice catches. Farrell McKeever had a nice catch. Uh, but, you know, not, nothing really outstanding from anyone. And then the, the bad news here is that Xavier Grimble just had surgery on his hand. And so he will be out, it sounds like, till you know, he's going to be out at least until week one, maybe longer. You combine that with Vance McDonald's injury, which, again, Mike Tomlin said that injury is week to week at this point. So is he going to be ready in time for week one? I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's a certainty, which means that the Steelers are incredibly thin at, at tight end right now. I mean, you're talking about Jesse James, Farrell McKeever, Bucky Hodges, and uh, Christian Scotland-Williamson, who is a rugby player who is destined for the practice squad. Again, the Steelers get, because he's an international player, uh, the, the Steelers will get him as a kind of free roster spot on the practice squad. And so, you know, we're looking like, at this point, the Steelers are going to have to go with week one. It'll be Jesse James, Farrell McKeever, Bucky Hodges, not where the Steelers wanted to be at tight end. And again, a tight end position with both Jesse and Vance McDonald that I think, you know, had had Randy Feekner's mind churning about how he could use those tight ends in unique ways, splitting them both out wide, which we've seen throughout camp. You know, that is now over and done with, right? Because, you know, he was using Grimble in that way as well. And you could, you could make an argument that he could use Bucky Hodges in that way if we saw anything out of Bucky Hodges. The problem for me with Bucky Hodges is, here we are, we're two games in now. Grimble's hurt, McDonald's hurt. There's all, you know, again, there's no depth at tight end. And there's all these reps coming for Bucky Hodges. And, you know, he's non-existent. That's really unfortunate. It may be a position that the Steelers have to address again outside the organization and bring someone in just from a depth perspective. Again, I don't know that that week one, if McDonald's injury is still a problem, if Grimble is still, you know, is, is able to is unable to come back for week one, you got to think the Steelers definitely are going outside the organization to bring someone in uh, who can who can be a you know who can be a uh, backup to Jesse James for week one. On the offensive line, I'm, I continue to be impressed with what I'm seeing from Chooks Okorafor, B.J. Finney, and Matt Filer. And I know we've talked a lot about offensive line depth. And I don't know who the ninth best offensive lineman on this on this team is. In fact, I don't even know that they have one, right? I mean, people say it's Jake Rogers. Jake Rogers had a very bad game uh, against the Packers. So I don't know that we have a lot of depth beyond those three. But, you know, we lost Gerald Hawkins to injury. Um, you, you know, there was, there's been so much turnover at the position, you know, considering some of the injuries that have happened you know, with the second and third string, I'm. It's really. I'm really happy that with Finney, Chooks, and Filer, at least we have a little bit of depth there. Again, if we get Ramon Foster back for Week One, then we're talking about Chooks, Finney, and Filer all able to come off the bench at different positions. Filer can play both guard and tackle. Finney can play guard and center, and Chooks can play either left or right tackle. So I really do like where the Steelers are right now from a depth perspective on the offensive line, and that was a big concern coming into this process. So I've been I've been impressed with the three of those guys. Now switching over defensively, and then let's start with the defensive line, because as I said at the top, Daniel McCullers started this game. And what? Daniel McCullers started a preseason game for the Steelers. I mean, look, it was fun that Tomlin gave him some first-team reps in camp, and here's a guy who has been a disappointment for most of his career, and yeah, look, he's got a, he's got a big body size and such an intriguing prospect. Six, what is he? Six seven, three fifty. I mean, the guy is he's a gigantic human being. The you know the, the kind of run stuffer, big big bodied run stuffer we used to see, you know, in, in a previous iteration of football before it became the kind of passing league and and, and sub package football that it is today. 
It's crazy to me that Daniel McCullough started this game, especially considering how good Hargrave was. Again, it's fine that we're going to give him some reps in camp and give him some first-team reps. You know, again, this is a guy who was fighting for, who was fighting for a roster spot. I, mean, I, I thought he did play well against Philly, but what in the world is going on with McCullers starting this game? Not that I thought he did bad. I don't think he did bad. I don't think he did great either. I mean, I thought he was he was another guy out there. The defensive line did a very good job of getting a push, but they they just didn't finish. And of course, we talked about that yesterday, right? This defense had a real hard time finishing plays yesterday. A lot of the biggest plays that the Packers had were plays that could have ended a lot earlier. Uh, you could say the same thing about the Philly game, but you know, tackling still a major concern in Pittsburgh. And look, you go back and then you go to Hargrave, and this was kind of unfair because Hargrave then going up against the second and third team offensive lines uh, for the Packers, and I mean, he was uh, he was a man amongst boys out there. Every every single play is pushing the center into the backfield, very disruptive. Um, I guess what I would say is it's worrying to me that Hargrave is essentially being benched, and I don't know why, right? Is, is this some kind of punishment that we don't know about? Do the Steelers really feel like McCullers is going to be a starter over Hargrave? I mean, that's, it's almost impossible for me to believe that, but I don't know. Maybe, right? I, 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 I've yet to hear a, uh, a rationalization for this that makes sense other than it's some sort of punishment to Hargrave that we don't know about, which is why he's, he was second unit in this game. And, you know, Tennessee is the warm-up game, right? This game coming up on Saturday, that's the warm-up game. That's where we're going to start to see, you know, the players that, you know, these position battles are going to kind of come to an end now, right? I mean, Bostic is definitely going to be the starting inside linebacker as much as everyone's going to hate to hear that, right? Washington's definitely going to be the starting outside uh, wide receiver. Um, you know, I think I think some of these position battles are coming to an end now. So is McCullers going to see first-team reps next week? I Again, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. If that's the case, at inside linebacker, I know everyone wants to talk about John Bostic. And really, they don't even want to talk about John Bostic. They want to talk about how to replace John Bostic. They want to talk about really what Steeler fans really want to talk about this week is Navarro Bowman and Lawrence Timmons or one of these inside linebacker free agents that, that fans want to bring in because they have to be better than John Bostic. Here's my thing N- number one, John Bostic is going to be the starter week one. So I think it is a pipe dream to think that the Steelers are going to go and address this position again and bring in someone other than John Bostic to, to be the starter. But, okay, even if they did, even if, let's go over the scenarios that would have to happen for them to do that, right? Because John Bostic would have to look really bad again against Tennessee um, and, and, and continue to look bad in practice, which I don't even think he's looked that bad in practice. Uh, okay, so that would have to keep happening, right? And... They're not going to bring in Bowman. They're not going to bring in Timms. I find that very, very hard to believe. Because if they do, what are you getting, right? You're getting a Navarro Bowman and a Lawrence Timmons who haven't played in forever, right? They're not in training camp anywhere. They're not practicing anywhere. They're not, they haven't played in a live game situation at all, right? So you're getting a guy who you have to come in, get them in conditioning, right? Get them back in. And these are two guys who are, you know, let's face it. These are these are guys who are, you know, up there. Not, not just up there in age. I mean, they're pretty much over and done with as players in this league right now. Right, so that's who we're bringing in to be our savior at inside linebacker. I think it's much more likely that the Steelers would trade or sign someone who is cut from another team. And what's really unfortunate for the Steelers, and this goes for not just the inside linebacker spot, but safety and tight end as well, is that there is no longer multiple cuts. Right, You go right from 90 to 53. And so guys who would be cut right around now, are no, you know, that's no longer going to be the case. There is no more cuts. 
there's there's one cut. It goes from 90 to 53. And so you you know the last the last cuts happen, and then you kind of have a mad dash to pick up anyone you wanted. But then you have just a week from that point till the game till game one to integrate them into the team. So this idea that the Steelers are going to go out and bring in one of those guys and he's going to be the starter again, I think that's unrealistic too. Maybe if they traded for someone like right now, and, and they did trade. Remember last year they did do a couple trades in the preseason. They traded for Vance McDonald in the preseason, and they also traded for Deshaun Phillips in preseason last year. Um, so maybe maybe trades start happening fairly soon. I think I think there are some players on this team who would be interesting if they traded, right? Some guys who have looked decent this this offseason, but probably aren't in the Steelers' plans overall, right? I mean, okay, so who are those guys? I think you could make an argument that either Toussaint or Ridley could be could be one of those guys who could be traded. And I don't know that anyone's going to really be you know knocking down the door to trade for Toussaint or Ridley, but yeah, I mean, again, one of those guys isn't making this roster. Uh, Dobbs for sure. Again, I don't know that anyone's really beating down the door to trade for Josh Dobbs, but yeah, he's definitely not going to make this roster. Um, uh, you know, I guess Damone Patterson could be on that list, right? Especially given where the Steelers are. Justin Hunter could be on that list too, but who's Who's coming in and trading anything for Justin Hunter? Um, on the defensive line, I could see someone like maybe LT Walton gets traded, but I, you know it leaves you kind of thin on the defensive line. McCullers could get traded. That would actually be interesting. Maybe that's why he's starting is because they're trying to they're using him as trade bait. I don't know. Uh, I think LJ Fort is a perfect example of someone who the Steelers could trade. He's looked good. He's not great, but again, he's the kind of player who you would trade for a Deshaun Phillips type, right? A guy who's going to come in and. He'd be a practice squad player. He's an interesting body. Fort, at this point, you know, he's not getting a chance to be a starter. He's not going to get a chance to even be the backup at this point. Matthew Thomas continues to look good game after game. He's going to be your developmental fourth inside linebacker. And so, you know, your question is going to be, are you keeping Fort or are you keeping Matikiewicz? And I think Matikiewicz is better on special teams. And again, was someone who they trusted more to compete at the starting spot. So, you know, again, if it's coming down to who are they cutting Matikiewicz or Fort, at this point, I have to believe it's going to be Fort, which is upsetting to me, but I think that's where the Steelers are right now. Um, yeah, so and then I, I don't know. I mean, could they trade for like, could they trade Cody Sensabaugh? I mean, who's trading anything for Cody Sensabaugh? Um, I mean, there are some guys in this team that they could trade. But again, you know, going back to the original point, are they going to bring in an inside linebacker to replace John Bostic? I don't think so. I really don't. I really don't. I, I think it's, I think it would have to happen like now. And I don't know that Bostic has been so incredibly bad through two weeks that, oh my God, we have to do something right now because our defense is going to be atrocious with John Bostic back there, right? We're only two preseason games in. This is why I started to say at the top, right? We're only two preseason games in. Can we give John Bostic more than two preseason games to integrate himself into this defense? I get that in, in game one, he was not very good against the run. And in this game, much better against the run, but who baby, did he struggle in the passing game? Now, the Steelers have never been a great team at covering the middle of the field. It was one of the biggest concerns I had going into this game. So it's not shocking to me that, you know, Bostic fits in right with the rest of where the Steelers' defense has been. But again, it's only two preseason games. Let's let's give Bostic a little more time before we, you know, before we're ready to throw him out. And next to him, I thought Vince Williams actually was a real bright spot. He's still a very, I, mean, I would actually call him a great pass rusher. He's, he's been, he was great last year. He had eight sacks a season ago. He rushed the passer six times in this game. He had three of them. He got pressure on the quarterback. So, you know, good on good on Vince Williams for continuing to be good in that area. I, I thought he was a real bright spot at inside linebacker in this game. Matikavich was better, 
right? I think last week, Matikiewicz was the one getting all the hatred from Steeler fans. He didn't get all the hatred this week because he was better, right? He didn't get, he didn't really get exposed in any way in this game. He still has the kind of athletic issues that are going to, you know, that mean he can't be a starter in this league. Uh, but yeah, he, he didn't have, he didn't, you didn't see that against Green Bay. And then Matt, for Matthew Thomas, you know, he just continues to make a very, very strong case for making this roster. Uh, and I think it's going to be very interesting next season what the Steelers elect to do at inside linebacker. They're probably going to have to draft someone, but it'll be interesting to watch Matthew Thomas and whoever they draft kind of compete for a starting spot a season from now. And I know the Matthew Thomas people, whoever, you know, these Matthew Thomas uh, fans, I mean, they love Matthew Thomas and they want to see him starting tomorrow. So I'm, I'm sorry to say Matthew Thomas looks very, very good right now, but he's still, you know, he's still not ready to be a starter in the NFL. He's very athletic though. I'll give him that. I mean, the guy, the guy outran Nat Burr, on the 82 yard and I mean, incredible. And he's great at covering uh, guys down the field. Um, he was, he was involved in the running game. I mean, look, this was a, this was a really solid performance for Matthew Thomas. Uh, and then, you know, he's, he's putting those, he's putting those together now back to back. Um, I, I do like what I see from Matthew Thomas. Again, I just don't, I think it's early. I think it's too early to put him to say, you know, he's going to be a starter. M- maybe, maybe like mid season, something like that, especially if Bostic struggles. But at this point, John Bostic is the starting inside linebacker for the Steelers day one. I don't. I just don't see any other way that it happens. At outside linebacker, Bud Dupree, still a standout watching this the second time around. Uh, he rushed the passer 13 times, got pressure on four of those occasions, including the sack, which he made look easy. I, I get that for Bud Dupree. It's all going to be about regular season play. Uh, but I, I think he had a good camp. I was glad to see that, that you know, the good camp that he had, well, first of all, wasn't hindered by the concussion that he got. He came back. Uh, you know, he had a very good game against Green Bay. He's got to be good in the regular season, though. A lot of what the Steeler defense wants to do is going to be predicated on getting a consistent pass rush from guys like Bud Dupree and from T.J. Watt. Now, on the other side of Bud Dupree in this game was Anthony Ciccolo, and I'm still disappointed in Anthony Ciccolo this preseason just because he doesn't look like the same player that he was a year ago. I thought Ciccolo, over the last couple of years, had really developed into you know, a nice third outside linebacker on this team. In fact, a year ago, you know, he replaced James Harrison as the third outside linebacker and it led to kind of the whole falling out with James Harrison. I don't think any I don't think most Steelers fans were disappointed that the Steelers weren't playing Harrison more, right? Because of how good Chicolo was playing and, and add to that how good TJ Watt was playing. But Chicolo this preseason, he's just invisible, right? He just doesn't look like the same guy. And you know, and I think this goes for some of the other players on the team too, right? Which is that We've seen these players play better, and they're just not performing in preseason. And so, you know, we should expect better from them, especially as we get into the regular season. You know, we brought in John Bostic and Morgan Burnett to be short tacklers. We have, you know, again, both guys have taken poor angles and missed tackles multiple occasions during this preseason process. You know, Chicolo doesn't look like the same guy he was a year ago. And then, you know, Stefan Tewitt, who we've seen be a, be a dominant defensive lineman in this league. Yeah, again, he's just getting pushed around out there. Again, I don't know how much of that I buy into just yet, right? It's preseason. Let's see how these guys look in the regular season, you know, before we start making some some judgments on those parts of their game. Again, the things that we know are good about these players, I don't know how much I buy into their play in the preseason. And then going back to outside linebacker, uh, this was kind of a quieter night for both Keon Adams and Ola Adini. Uh, you know, not, not a worrisome night, but yeah, you know, again, for both guys who looked good against Philadelphia, this was more of a ho hum night for both. 
at corner, it was rough, right? It was really rough. This was a this was a game where the Steelers basically let the the Packers get inside leverage whenever they wanted it, and that meant that the again the middle of the field stuff, the the easy inside slants were just there whenever whenever Packer wide receivers wanted them. Cody got beat a bunch of times again. Brian Allen you know, diving for that pass, and I don't know what he was thinking because again he didn't get he didn't, didn't even get close to the ball. Now he's taking himself out of the play. He exposes Nat Burr behind him, uh, and and Brian Allen had. You know, pretty poor performance overall. The, the PI call on second viewing, I mean, I I guess, but it's I hate those. I hate those little ticky tack calls in the end zone. Uh, the Cody Sensabaugh got picked on the entire night. I don't know who the Steelers are going to keep. If they keep five defensive backs, if they keep six defensive backs, yeah, you know, Cody Sensabaugh, Brian Allen. I don't know which of those guys is making the roster at this point. Neither one. I thought Cody's had a great camp. Not had a great couple games here. Brian Allen, same thing, right? I mean, Brian Allen. It just there's just so much potential with him, but how long do you let that ride? And we're only in year two, but you know, do you have room on your roster to keep this developmental corner? Now, on the bright side, I thought Cam Sutton looked good in this game, and I think that's something we'd seen throughout camp. Uh, so for for Cam, I thought it was good, and, and you know, it's interesting to watch Cody Sensabaugh starting on the outside in place of Joe Hayden in this game. I don't know that that's going to be the case when we get in the regular season, or at least I don't know that that should be the case. When we get into the regular season, I know that Cam Sutton can play all over this defense, and so you know, they probably see him right now as more valuable as a nickel or as a dime. But you know, he's also very good as an outside corner, as we saw uh, during during camp and as we saw last season in the games against Cincinnati and New England. So I'd like to see Cam Sutton get some reps at outside corner during the preseason as well. And that takes us to the safety position. Where I have, I, this is where I have the the majority of my concerns with the defense. They're at safety, not inside linebacker. I know a lot of you guys are are concerned about Bostic, and you know we have to bring someone else in. I, look, give, Bostic's only had two preseason games. Try and work himself in here. Now give him some time to try and you know to try and figure this thing out. Uh, I, I'm 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 not ready yet to to proclaim John Bostic as a bust at the inside linebacker spot. But at safety, I'm still really concerned with where we are right now at free safety. Because all offseason, the worry was, who are we even going to play here? Because we don't we have all of these strong safety types. Terrell Edmonds, strong safety. Morgan Burnett, strong safety. Sean Davis has been the starting strong safety on this team for the last two years now. So who are those guys that are going to play free? Oh, it's going to be Sean Davis. Oh, but actually he's hurt, and he's been hurt. He's been hurt for, you know, what is it, 10 days of camp now, and he missed this game. Again, this is a guy who's converting to free safety, not converting to free safety while he's sitting on... You know, he's injured and not not practicing and not playing in the games. And so the backup there is Morgan Burnett, a guy who was supposed to be our, our starting strong safety. And I think you saw in this game at times when Morgan Burnett did play a little bit strong or a little, did play a little closer to the line of scrimmage, yeah, he made some pretty good open field tackles. He wasn't bad in that spot. But he had to play free because we don't have another free safety on this roster. And I think what you saw from Morgan Burnett as a free safety is all of the worries that we had coming in, which is the limited athleticism that Morgan Burnett has at this point in his career. Can he be a true free safety? No. I mean, the answer is probably no, right? I mean, you saw him try to come down against Devontae Adams on the early uh, slam route that he had. I mean, just uh, the whiff of a tackle, terrible angle, goes for another 10, 15 yards. Again, we have our, our strong safety converting to free who's hurt and not able to make this transition right now. In the interim, we're playing our strong safety, who I think actually looks pretty good as a strong, but we have to play him out of position and play him at strong. And then and that exposes us to more Terrell Edmonds, who, again, I'm not trying to hate on Edmonds 
He had a poor performance against Jimmy Graham, one of the better tight ends in the league. Yeah, it's, again, it's a forgivable performance for Edmonds, right? He's you know he's not coming out looking like a superstar. We we pretty much knew that. You know he had some nice moments in camp. Those aren't translating just yet. Okay, we knew it was going to be a developmental thing anyway. That's fine, right? But I, I don't. I really don't know what the Steelers are going to do at free safety right now. As I mean, it's not going to be Nat Burr, you know. I mean, he got beat by Matthew Thomas down the field. I don't even know what you would call that play. It was, I don't know. I, I don't know what the Steelers are doing right now at free safety. I really hope. I really hope that when Sean Davis comes back, he looks good and he looks healthy <laughs> because otherwise we have real problems at the safety position just as far as, you know, all these strong safeties, one of them has to play free and now two of them have to play free between Davis and Burnett. It's just, it's a, it's not, not a fun situation to be in as a defense. And then let's finish up tonight with the special teams. And I only bring this up because of how bad Jordan Berry was as a punter. So bad that Mike Tomlin called him out during the post-game press conference talking about how bad he thought the punting was. When's the last time a head coach is calling out his punter in the post-game press conference? Uh, not good. Not a good night for Jordan Berry. And again, I thought Jordan Berry had a decent camp. You know, he's he's booming him out there for 65-70 yarders. Not in this game. Not in this game. I guess he did have one that was pretty decently long. But man, that first punt, not only was it low and short, but it bounced back five yards. The Packers started that drive at the 40-yard line of the Steelers. And that, you know, they went right in for the touchdown. Uh, he had, you know, Barry, that's, uh, you know, he's in a bit of a duel. I guess Wild can play both kicker and punter. Uh, yeah, not a good night for Jordan Barry. He needs to have a bounce back performance against Tennessee. And again, you know, this is this has been the problem with Jordan Barry all along is that it's so up and down for him. There are some punts where it's, you know, it's booming it for 70 yards. And then he's got other ones where, you know, the ball, the ball barely goes 40 yards in the air and it's taking a bad bounce. Uh, and then oh, and then you add to, to Jordan Barry's poor punting. You add to that poor punt coverage, which was just as bad as his punting. I mean, they had 25 yards per return on punts in this game. And I get that the punt coverage teams are being mixed and matched right now by Danny Smith, the special teams coach, and you know, trying to figure out, you know, who's gonna be on who's gonna be on punt and kick coverage and all of that when we get into the regular season and, and testing some of these guys out. Because for some of the guys on the back half of the roster, their their path to the roster is of course special teams. But man, oh man was that bad. And again, it led to, you know, this is one of the things about, we talk about this team giving up 51 points. Not only were there two pick sixes in this game, but the Packers started with incredible field position all night. I mean, again, they had four, they had a 40 yard touchdown drive. They had a drive later in the game that was like five plays, 13 yards field goal, right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, their, their field position all night was great. And you add to that, the fact that in the first half of this game, Mason Rudolph in that offense you know, it's three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. I don't know how many possessions the Packers had in the first half, but it, it was probably a lot. It's probably a lot more than they would have had if we had an offense out there, you know, converting first downs, chewing up some clock. So that certainly led to the 51 points that the Packers put up. Look, overall, I'm not I'm not as concerned, I think, as a lot of Steeler fans are with this defense. Again, we're going to get Hayward in there. We're going to get Watt in there. You know, we're, we're going to get all these starters back. Hilton, Hayden. Right? All those guys are coming back, and that's going to make this defense better. Do we have problems on the defense right now? Absolutely 100%. I'm not sold on Bostic, but I'm not willing to give up on him just yet. Um, yeah, The tackling is a real problem. and that, that is fundamental football. I don't care who's in the football game. I don't care if it's a, it's a second, third stringer. Again, tackling is fundamental defense. You have to be able to bring down the runner. 
uh, you know, th- to watch them continue. And that thing in this game, it was what eight or nine missed tackles again, according to Pro Football Focus. Although I will say this about Pro Football Focus, they didn't, they did not credit Morgan Burnett's miss, the the, the Devonte Adams, whatever you want to call that, as a missed tackle. I count that as a missed tackle because he should have made that tackle. And they also didn't count Nat Burr as a missed tackle. And I don't know what you want to call the Nat Burr thing, but I don't, again, whatever. Okay, so that, that was terrible too. So they got to be better at tackling. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, a free safety, we talked about it. I, I don't know. I don't know what this team is going to do at free safety, especially if Sean Davis gets hurt. Um, yeah, there's, there, there's a lot of concerns on defense. Again, I just think it's far too early to start making judgments about the entirety of the defense and saying, well, Blow it all up again, you know? I mean, can we fire Keith Butler in the preseason? Like, come on. We're we're way too early to, to for any of that, right? Let's give this team some time. They got two more weeks of preseason to go before that opener against the Cleveland Browns. All right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter at SteelerCountry, and I'll be back on Monday for more Locked On Steelers. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said done.